0: Okay, we're in Proverbs chapter number 13, and um, little by little, we've been trying to work our way through this book, and I want to start by reading, uh, we're uh, going to be reading verse 1 through 9 in this chapter tonight. It says, A wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the transgressors shall eat violence. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. The soul of the sluggard desireth, and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. A righteous man hateth lying, but a wicked man is loathsome, and cometh to shame. Righteousness keepeth him that is upright in the way, but wickedness overthroweth the sinner. There is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor, yet hath great riches. The ransom of a man's life are his riches, but the poor heareth not rebuke. The light of the righteous rejoiceth, but the lamp of the wicked shall be put out. Now, as we start studying chapter number 13, we find that Solomon's continuing to share with us these principles of wisdom. As we go through these verse by verse, we're going to continue to see how Uh, God contrasts for us here the difference between God's good, right, and wise way and the way of those who choose to be foolish. So let us look at these things tonight, these verses tonight. And again, as we look through these things, we want to see what is good and right and wise for us as we seek to follow the Lord. Um, really, this has application to all of us in the building tonight. There's going to be something here for every single one of us, uh, because you know what? God's wisdom touches all of our lives. And so may God speak to our hearts as we look into this tonight. Each one of these things that we'll look at tonight deals with something that is right, because if we're going to be wise, we're going to be doing what God says is right. Amen? And so I want you to notice, first of all, I notice in verse number one, I see here a right hearing. Um Notice in verse 1 here, it says, A wise son heareth his father's instruction. And then it goes on to say, But a scorner, meaning like a mocker, heareth not rebuke. Now listen, folks. One of the wisest things that we can do in this life is to learn to hear and also to heed instruction. Um, And this is what what is meant here by hear it. It's not just that you audibly hear it but it's that you hear it and heed it, amen? And yet the vast majority of those that are out there today, they, they seem to care less about that. It just doesn't seem to matter to them. They've got their own ideas, they've got their own plans, and uh, they're just going to do what they want. Well, the Bible says that's foolish, okay? And listen, friend, every time that you hear a sermon or every time you open up the Word of God and you read the Bible... Your heavenly Father is speaking His instruction to you in your life. And you've got a choice. Will I hear it and heed it, or will it go in one ear and out the other? Will I play the fool, or will I be a wise man or woman? That is why it is so vital that before you read your Bible, before you come to church, So you ask the Lord, Lord, help me to be tender and receptive to your words, to your instructions? Because you know what? We're all prone to be hard-headed and hard-hearted too. We're prone to this foolishness of hardness in our hearts and to ignore the words of God and to just pridefully do what we want rather than what God says is right to pridefully justify ourselves in what we feel like doing rather than doing what we know God wants for us to do. And so, oh, may God help us to be wise, to have tender hearts, to hear and to heed the instructing words from our Heavenly Father that He has for you and I. Okay? It's not wise when you don't listen. Hey, listen, when the kids don't listen, they get to go to the woodshed. And you know what, Christian? You've got a heavenly father that loves you too. And when you don't listen, guess what? He chastises his own, amen? He's going to do what it takes to get you to listen up. Because if you're his son, he'll not leave you alone. Okay, so you're wise to just listen right off the bat. Hear it, heed it, amen? And so we see, first of all, a right hearing, okay? May God help us. We need this. Because like I said, we're so prone to let it go in one ear out the other and say, well, that's for Brother Bill or that's for Brother Daryl, but that's not for me. No, we need to take and apply it to our lives. We need God uh, to work in our hearts. We need to be tender to what He wants and not just pass it off for somebody else all the time, but to heed it, uh, hear it and heed it in our lives. I noticed number two here I see tonight. So if we're going to be wise, we need to write hearing But we also need a right speaking look what it says at verse number two it says a man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth but the soul of transgressors shall eat violence now this verse makes it very clear that the law of the harvest is just as much in effect with our words as it is with our works and if you use your mouth for evil Listen, friend, you can be sure that you've got a harvest that's coming in one day, and you're going to regret it. (laughs) But on the other hand, the man who wisely uses his mouth for good can expect to reap the good fruit of his right speaking as well. You know, we choose every day what we will or what we will not say, and how we will and how we will say it. And listen, friend, the Bible is very clear. The tongue can be used like a fire to burn people, like a poison to poison people, like a sword that cuts and hurts and harms people. Or your tongue can be used like the bomb of Gilead that brings healing. It can be used like Aaron and Hur that lift up those weary arms. It can be used powerfully for good or powerfully for evil. And you alone will choose how Uh, your tongue, your mouth, is going to be used. Be assured, Christian, of this. Your speech will bear fruit, whether it be for good or evil, depending on how you use it. So be wise. Speak that which is good, right, and acceptable in the eyes of God, and then enjoy that good harvest that will be associated with that. Well, I'll tell you what, we need to be so careful. We're all prone to saying things we shouldn't say or saying them in a way that we should not say it. May God help us to be wise and not foolish. It's easy to be foolish. You know what? It's easy to get in the flesh and just spout off at the mouth or get angry and say whatever we feel like saying. But you know what? It's just plain not wise, okay? And so may God help us to realize if we're going to be wise, if we're not going to be fools, we've got to have a right hearing where we hear and heed God's word and also a right speaking uh, where we are careful about what we say and how we say it. Now, I notice number three here, I see also a right silence. Look with me if you would at verse number three. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. This is for you husbands, I think. But he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. Now listen, friends. Sometimes the best thing that we can do is just learn to shut our mouths, right? <laughs> just learn to be silent. You know, many things in life have been ruined or destroyed uh, because a man or a woman didn't know when to just close their mouth. <laughs> As Solomon stated in Proverbs 10 in verse 19, in the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. How many churches have been torn apart because someone didn't know how to shut their mouth? How many marriages have ended in ruin because in the heat of the moment, husbands and wives spewed out awful things rather than learning to humbly just shut their mouths? How many families have suffered great harm because loose tongues caused so very much damage? How many friendships ended in shipwreck and ruin because they weren't wise enough to see when it was better to just close their mouth? Oh, may the Lord help us be wise with our words. And also wise enough to realize when it is best to just be silent. You know what? Sometimes that's the best thing you can do is just close your mouth and not say anything at all. I think there's another verse in Proverbs here somewhere. It says even the foolish man is kind of wise when he keeps his mouth shut. <laughs> Sometimes that's the best thing that we can do. And so listen i see here a right hearing and a right speaking and a right silence i notice also number four here he speaks of a right diligence verse number four says the soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing but the soul of the diligent shall be made found now right now we have a plague on our land and as i speak of that i'm not even talking about COVID. Uh, What I'm referring to is that we are plagued in this generation of American people uh, by a generation that wants everything for nothing. We're plagued by lazy, sluggish individuals with no work ethic at all who want a whole lot but don't want to have to exert any effort to earn it themselves. This plague of laziness... Slothfulness, sluggishness, the Bible often calls it, is foolishness as well. As the Bible clearly states in 2 Thessalonians 3.10, if a man doesn't work, what? Lazy. He shouldn't eat. That's in the Bible. Laziness should not be rewarded for it is foolishness according to the word of God. But you know what? The way of the wise is to be diligent. To be hardworking, to be steady and constant and industrious in our business rather than idle and negligent. Listen, folks, uh, the Lord expects us to be this diligent in our personal lives, in our physical lives. I mean, on our job places, the world ought to look at us and see the best worker on the job, amen? Yeah. Uh, because we are Christians and we're going to honor God and whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, we're going to do with all our might for the honor and the glory of God. Amen? That ought to be our testimony in our physical life. But you know what? This principle applies to our spiritual life as well. How many people work hard on the job, but when it comes to the spiritual things, boy, they are sluggish, they are slothful, and they are lazy. And they don't take time Hey, listen, what did Christ say? He said, work for the night's coming. You know what? He wasn't talking about a physical job when he talked about that. He was talking about us working for his kingdom, for his honor, for his glory. Because one day he's coming again, and only those who are born again are going with him. Amen. And So listen, may we not be uh, slothful and sluggish in our personal lives, in our work life, but also in our spiritual life. We need to be diligent. And the Bible says, and that soul shall be made fat. <laughs> Some of you ladies may say, I don't want that. <laughs> but you know, really when the Bible uses that word here, it's referring to us being fully satisfied. Hey. And praise the Lord. There is full satisfaction And that man or woman that determines to be diligent in their life, diligent uh, with their work, uh, diligent in their spiritual and spiritual, uh, life and serving God. There's full satisfaction found in doing all that God wants for your life. I can testify to that. I know I'm doing what God wants. I'm trying to do all I can for Him and for His glory. Listen, there's satisfaction found in that place. Uh, may God uh, enable us and direct us to be wise so that we might be diligent in our physical lives but also in our spiritual lives. Amen? Because a right diligence is the way of the wise. I notice also here, number five, I see here, right integrity. Let's go ahead and read verse number five. A righteous man hateth lying, but a wicked man is loathsome and cometh to shame. Listen, folks, this is the character of God. The Bible tells us that he hates lying. This is the character of God. He hates that which is deceitful, that which is dishonest, that which is, uh, the, whether it's the little white lies or the, the outright bold-faced, bold-faced lies. He hates all types of lying, okay? Yeah. And so also it's wise for us to be like our Lord and to hate lying and dishonesty and deception. It doesn't need to have any place in our life. Yes, foolish, wicked, and loathsome, Uh, Men, uh, men are loathsome in regard to this because most people in this world today, uh, they think the ends justifies the means. Is that not the philosophy that has permeated our culture nowadays? Doesn't matter how you get to the top, as long as you get to the top, right? That's their philosophy. Lie, cheat, steal, who cares? As long as you get what you want. Well, God says, I hate it. It's not wise and it's foolish so they foolishly tell themselves that it's okay as long as they get what they want. But God says, such foolishness and such wicked, wickedness, what does he say? He says, it cometh to shame. You know what? It may not happen right away, but it cometh to shame. Truly, we as God's people ought to be seen as those who love the truth. Amen and those who hate that which is false and deceptive. And in this wicked day and age in which we live, I believe the best way we can accomplish this is by just clinging even more closely than ever to the old-time Word of God. Amen. Amen? For the Word of God is truth. The Bible says in John seventeen seventeen, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy Word is truth. Right. Yes. Jesus said, I am the truth. And so we just need to cling ever more closely to our Lord and his holy word, amen? Uh, For that is the way uh, that we, we are to be wise in this world. Abstain from all lying, all deception, all dishonesty. Let it have no part in our lives because that is foolish, okay? And cling ever more closely to the word of God and our dear Savior, okay? So we see here tonight, there's a right hearing, a right speaking, a right silence a right diligence, a right integrity. These things are wise. They ought to be seen in our lives, in our daily walk, okay? Yeah. Uh, and in number six, I see here a right walk. Verse number six, it says, righteousness keepeth him that is upright in the way, but wickedness overthroweth the sinner. Now, that's a pretty powerful thought if we just Dwell on that for a little bit of time, if we would really think on what this is saying here. And listen folks, over and over and over again in the Bible, it makes it abundantly clear that when I choose to wisely live in a way which God says is right, then that will be a protection to me and that's going to keep me from many evils that are associated with that wickedness and with that sin. It tells us here that that righteousness, or that living in a well, righteousness is basically just living in a way which God says is right, so that living in a way which God says is right, keepeth him that is upright in the way, keepeth him. Now, I don't know about you, but I want that for my life. Amen. I want him keeping me in the way, Amen. But the way of the transgressor, the way of the foolish man, the Bible tells us it's hard. His wickedness and his sin, you know what? It's going to lead him to be overthrown, the Bible says. That word deals with somebody being destroyed, being ruined. And how is he going to be ruined? How is he going to be destroyed? Well, it's quite evidence because of his sinful, wicked behavior. How many people have you seen whose lives have been destroyed because it's been overcome by sinful and wicked behavior, by drunkenness and drugs and tobacco and and, and, and immorality and all these different things? I've seen it time and time again too many times to count. I mean, in Ukraine, it was so awful. It was so, so many times, especially in the dead of winter, about this time of year, we'd see people frozen to death in the streets, because they would literally drink themselves to death. They'd get their vodka or whatever hard liquor that, that it was that they wanted, and they would drink themselves till they passed out, and then they would freeze to death in the snow without even realizing it. They were overthrown by their very wickedness and sin, ruined by their sinful behavior. Listen, friend, truly, it is wise to live in a way which God says is right. <laughs> you know what? There's protection there, isn't there? Yes. Just like for my children, if they live within the boundary of Daddy's words, you know what? There's protection there, isn't there? Yes. Because Daddy has their best interests in mind. Daddy wants them to be safe. Daddy wants them to be well provided for. Daddy wants them to be taken care of. And so I've established some rules To make sure they're safe. Make sure they're taken care of. Well, you know what? Your heavenly Father's established the rules too. Amen? Amen. And listen, it's for a reason. Not because he wants to put a ball and chain around you and and lock you up and not give you freedom, but because he wants to protect you. Amen? Amen. Uh, He wants wants you to have what's best for your life. And that wickedness and that sin and those, those things that God describes that way, it's not best for your life. It ruins your life. Either now or later, but it will ruin your life. And so listen, um, the foolish, uh, it's truly wise for us to live in a way which God says is right, and we can be assured that when we do, it will be a preserving and protecting influence in our life. And it will be used of God to keep us from ruin. Praise the Lord. You know, I've even heard from some of the men in here, Uh, I think Brother Daryl's talked to me a couple times, Brother Bill, about men that are their age that graduated from high school with them or were in their classes, some of whom have already died because of alcohol-related things or other drug-related issues. Uh, Probably numerous of you in the room tonight can testify of people like them, that because they allowed these influences of wickedness and sin in their life, To dominate, they were overthrown to the place of being completely destroyed. Oh, Oh, may God help us. Listen, God's given us his word for a reason. If there was never any other reason to believe that the words of God were true, maybe these things in themselves would be our one reason to realize, you know what, there's truth in that because it works. If we obey it, if we listen to it, it will protect us, it will keep us safe. And there is wisdom there. Amen. You can see it. Praise the Lord. And So, listen, there's, uh, um, there's wisdom in a, a right walk, walking the paths of righteousness and what God says is right. And it will uh, be a protection um, and a preserving influence to us in our lives. Amen. And that's what's wise. I want you to notice also here I see that there's a right focus. Uh, look at verse number 7. It says, There is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor, yet hath great riches. You know, these this verse keys in on the truth that I in this world can gain everything that this world has to offer. From the standpoint of wealth, from the standpoint of riches, I can gain everything. And yet, in reality, I can have nothing of any real value at all. On the other hand, I can seem to have very little to nothing when it comes to earthly possessions and worldly wealth. And yet, I can possess great riches. Because I have laid up in heaven a better and enduring substance, as the Bible says. You see, there are men out there today like George Soros and Bill Gates. They have so much money, I don't think they even know what to do with it themselves. And yet the reality is that they truly possess nothing of any real value. Right they built their greater barns to store all their great supply, their great wealth, all that they've got. And yet when God says, your time is up, they will quickly find out that all that they possess has nothing of any true value. The man that built greater barns, he said, I'll take, sit back, drink, eat, take ease, and be merry, and... God looks down at him and says, This night thy soul shall be required of thee. And there we went, uh, where then shall these things be which thou hast laid aside. Amen. You can't take it with you when you go. You've never seen a hearse with a U-Haul behind it. No. You better make sure you've got the true riches. They're only found in Christ, friend. Amen. Amen. And we see. Just like the rich man and Lazarus, the story in Luke 16. The rich man had everything. Lazarus had nothing. didn't even have any food. He was at the rich man's gate begging for whatever he could get with the dogs looking out of his sore. Seemed like a pretty miserable life, but he had God. Amen. And the Bible says they both wo- they both died, and they both woke up in eternity. Lazarus and Abraham's bosom, but. The rich man woke up in flames and torment, separated from God forever and ever. Because why? Because he had everything this world had to offer. And yet he did not have God. He did not know the Lord. He too had nothing of real value. And he realized that when he lifted up his eyes in torments. You know what, then it was too late, wasn't it? He wasn't going to pay his way out of there. You read the story, Luke 16. There was no paying his way out. There was a great gulf which separated them. There was no way for them to get from one place to the other. They were stuck there and stuck there permanently. No, oh, may God help us to realize it's not wise for us to have such a focus. We're not living for what we can get in this world. And even us as Christians, we need to be sometimes careful because, you know what, we can get sidetracked with all the alluring things that this world has to offer. And we can run after this shiny thing and run after that shiny thing and be wasting our lives rather than living for Jesus. And it's not wise, And we become just like the church at Laodicea. And America has become just like the church at Laodicea. You say, what do you mean the church of Laodicea? Let's read it. Revelation chapter 3, verse 17. Verse 15 will start. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. Thou would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. This is Christ speaking here to this church. That's what he thought of their Christianity. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and I have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with thyself that thou mayest see you know what he's trying to make clear in this text Laodicea you're living for everything the world has to offer rather than everything that God has to offer and listen Christians it is foolish When we run after every shiny thing the world has to offer, trying to build those greater barns and uh, build up these great stores uh, for us to build a kingdom here on earth, we're supposed to be building a kingdom of heaven for God. Amen. They that will be wise will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's what's wise, seeking first God, his righteous seeking first the kingdom of God. Because you know what? True riches are found in Jesus Christ. Man. They're found in him alone. You know, this verse makes me think of Jesus himself. I mean, think about who Jesus is. He's almighty God. There is that maketh himself rich, and yet hath nothing. And There is that maketh himself poor, yet hath great riches. Does that not describe him and what he did so that he come here and provide a, a way for us to have those great riches as well truly what a great blessing it is to know that he took that poverty upon himself so that we could have the means to have his great riches in heaven forever and so may the lord help us to realize there's no wisdom in fo- following after every flashy thing out there that this world has to offer we don't need to build the greater barns We need to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That needs to be the prime focus and priority in our lives. Everything else is secondary. Jesus first, amen? Let Jesus have the preeminence. The Bible says he's to have the preeminence in all things. And so may God help us to be wise and have this right focus. I notice next I see here in verse number 8. Your right comprehension or a right understanding. And this is in relation to having money. Uh, read what it says here. It says the ransom of a man's life are his riches, but the poor heareth not rebuke. And you know, I've got to thinking about what is trying to be conveyed here. You know, it's interesting that right after he speaks to us concerning the right focus and true riches, now he makes it clear that Worldly wealth and worldly riches often carry a cost with them that people tend to overlook, don't they? People often think that more wealth and more possessions means easier life and less problems, right? (laughs) But you know what the truth is? that The more you have, the more responsibility you have to upkeep, to protect, and to tend to those things. Where it says here, the ransom of a man's life are his riches. You see, what you possess will not remain yours. (laughs) If it isn't tended to properly, there are criminals to deal with. That's what the word ransom has to deal with. Somebody trying to steal it until you pay them back for it. You know what? We have a government that kind of does the same thing. You know what? You don't pay your taxes. um, Guess what? You don't keep your house. (laughs) You don't pay your taxes. You don't keep your car. And you know what? It's going to get even worse because they're going to start taxing everything else they can think of. Right. So we've got criminals to deal with. We've got a government that wants to tax everything. We've got weather and disasters and accidents that ruin and destroy the things that we have in this life. And you know what? When it touches the things that we have, guess who has to deal with it? The person that has it. Right. Truly having wealth brings a number of... And having stuff has brings a number of problems all in its own. Whereas a man that has nothing, or a man that has little, you know what? He has none of those things to concern himself with, does he? Because you can't worry or concern yourself with that which you don't have, right? Sometimes it's a blessing not to have it, because you don't have to worry about it, right? So once again, this brings us to the vital and wise understanding that the answers in life certainly are not found in the abundance of stuff which a man possesses, right? You know what? Having more stuff is not going to make your life better. In fact, it may make your life more complicated with more difficulties and more problems. But you know what? The answers to life are found in seeking first the Lord and His kingdom. Stuff can be gained and stuff can be lost. You know what? Your 401k can rise and you know what? Your 401k can be empty. But God's still on the throne. Amen. Jesus amen. is still in heaven amen. and you're still laying up treasures in store that cannot be corrupted. Amen? amen? Praise God! The Bible says in 1 Peter amen, I've got an inheritance in heaven that's incorruptible and undefiled and fadeth yeah. and not away. Yeah. And so what's wise to live for? The stuff you can get on earth or the stuff you can live in, uh, leave in heaven, amen? Yeah. So wisely focus on the Lord and seeking Him first. Yes, and you know what? You won't be disappointed because that is the reason you were created. <laughs> to live for, honor, and glorify God. I mean, He created you with that specific purpose uh, to reflect the very image of Him. You weren't created to live your own life how you please, do whatever you want. You were created for God's good pleasure. And He desires to receive the glory and the honor that He is due in your life and mine. And you know what? When we start to actually fulfill that purpose in our life, that's where you find the reason for living not in getting barns full of stuff, and honoring Christ and bringing Him glory. Amen? Amen. And so we see here uh, tonight, I've got just one more thing, but we see here tonight, the wise way is a right hearing, a right speaking, a right silence, a right diligence, a right integrity, a right walk, a right focus, a right understanding or comprehension when it comes to having possessions. And lastly, a right reaping. Verse number 9 says, The light of the righteous rejoiceth, but the lamp of the wicked shall be put out. This verse again illustrates for us the truth that a righteous, wisely lived out life leads to joy and longevity and even success. But a foolishly lived out life, a life of wickedness, leads to danger and harm and possibly even death. As the Bible says here, being put out. That's what it's talking about. You know what? Truly, it pays to live your life in the good, wise, righteous ways of God. (laughs) For the way of the wicked shall not prosper, the Bible tells us how. And the path of sin and the path of wickedness, listen, friend, it only leads to despair. It leads to depression. It leads to destruction. It leads to doom. And it even leads to death uh, often. In fact, I mean, the wage of sin is death. It's going to ultimately lead to an eternity in hell, separated from God, if you don't repent and give your life to Christ. So remember. Galatians 6, 7, be not deceived. Don't lie to yourself and deceive yourself and thinking you can get away with it. God is not mocked. He sees how you're living your life. For whatsoever a man soweth what, that shall he also reap. There's not a maybe here, but this is a definitive statement. That shall he also reap. God cannot lie, friend. That's against and contrary to his nature. So you will reap what you sow in this life. So be wise. And first of all, give your life to Christ. Repent. Trust him as your Savior. Amen? Amen. And then as a born-again Christian, just choose to live according to God's good and right and wise way. Um that you might be blessed because of it. Because you know what? There's a blessed way fo- found in following the right ways of God. But you know what? There's also a cursed way found when we choose to ignore the wise ways that God has instructed us in his holy word. And so as we consider all of these things that we've looked at tonight, I want us to notice, and as we look at each and every one of these verses, each and every one of these uh, areas of wisdom, we need to realize that, Each of these things involve a choice. (laughs) Will I play the fool, or will I choose to walk in the way of wisdom? You know, the verse we started out tonight was about hearing, wasn't it? A wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. Will you be like that scorner, that mocker, who won't listen to the instruction through the rebuke, talking about negative instruction, Well you be a wise son who says, you know what? I'm going to hear what God has to say, and I'm going to follow it because I know it's what's best for my life, and I know it's the way to be blessed of God in my life as well. Amen. Well, Brother Darrell, if you would, you close us down with a word of prayer, please.